Welcome to the Radiant Astrology Podcast, where we illuminate the wisdom of the cosmos for spiritual insight and soul-level healing. I'm your host, Christina Caudill. Thank you for joining me. Hello, this is Christina Caudill, host of the Radiant Astrology Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited about today's episode with my friend, the astrologer Tara All, and we discuss the Neptune archetype. We talk about Neptune transits, especially our own Neptune transits. We share some of our stories, so like the first 20 or 30 minutes, we're sharing our own stories, so hopefully you'll find that interesting and indulge us, but we also share some insights with how to navigate when you're having a Neptune transit, because Neptune can have some very specific challenges that can be hard to navigate if we're not aware of what Neptune wants from us, and I'll get to that in just a moment. Um, I just have one brief announcement, the Emergence of Soul audio readings. They're individual readings where I offer um, a chart reading on the Saturn-Pluto conjunction and the nodes, um, how they affect your chart and your natal signatures. That is about to close on June 1st, so if you'd like to take advantage of that, head over to radiantastrology.com and you'll get all the details there. And I just want to read a beautiful client testimonial that I just received um, on one of my clients who received the Emergence of Soul reading. She says, such a graceful, careful, loving reading, accurate and insightful. I felt deeply understood without being judged. Adding the oracle card at the end made the reading complete. I was crying halfway through the interpretation of the card. It was so spot on. Amazing how much information you've extracted from the chart in such a short time. I found it to be a deeply healing and transformative experience. I wish I could return a hug to you, Christina. You embraced my chart with so much care, so much love, so much love. And this was from Natalia Manolova. Thank you so much, Natalia. I'm so glad you got such value out of this reading. This is really amazing work. Um, just using the symbols of astrology to really look deeply at our lives and our potential. It's really beautiful. And this is a wonderful time to be doing so. You know, we still are headed toward the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And we really want to know what is our role. Um, and what is our potential in this majorly transformative time? Um, and so again, you can visit radiantastrology.com. Um, sign up for my newsletter. If you do miss out on this special offer, um, I send offers whenever I'm doing them to the newsletter list. So you'll be first to be notified. So my guest, Tara All. She is amazing, and I'm just noticing her last name is All. It's A-A-L, and I was thinking, it sounds like All, right? And Neptune is about the All. It encompasses all of karma, all of our past and future lives. You know, it's like the ocean, it's the cosmos, it's eternal. So maybe subconsciously, she was the person I thought of to do this discussion with. 
She also just spoke at Norwalk, which was just this past weekend. Now, when we recorded this, it was just before she was headed to Norwalk. So we talk about Norwalk coming up. But Norwalk, which is the Northwestern Astrology Conference, um, it just happened. It happens every year, the end of May during um, Memorial Day weekend. And so that is always an Um, a really excellent and also fun conference to go to in the astrology world in Seattle. And at her talk there, she spoke about what we're going to speak about today. Um, She talked about, I believe, the Pisces and Virgo axis. So in our talk, um, Tara and I focused mostly on Neptune and Pisces and that archetype. Some of the challenges that we have faced personally and also that we see our clients face if they're having a Neptune transit or have strong Neptune signatures. And I think what I really wanted to sort of bring this forward for illumination was because, first of all, everyone goes through the Neptune square when they're about in their early 40s usually. So it's when transiting Neptune squares your natal Neptune. And if we're not aware of it, it can just be this sort of underlying sense of either dissatisfaction or confusion, everything from not being in love with life anymore or just not really knowing what direction to take to really maybe losing something that you thought was a dream, that you held onto as a dream. A loss of faith is something that we often see and it can be either a faith like literally a spiritual or religious faith or faith in someone or just faith in humanity in general. And, you know, replacing a faith isn't a light thing to undertake. I mean, to actually put your faith into something, that's not something that can be just generated out of, I have an empty space in my soul, let me just fill it with whatever, which we can sometimes do with um, distraction, with addictions, with consumerism. And that usually is some way of artificially trying to replace our faith. And with Neptune, if we can be aware of when we're having a Neptune transit and the Neptune transits that affect us all collectively, then we can see more that at times the wisdom of Neptune is to let go of that which is maybe not appropriate at this time. Um, something that maybe has given us faith, has been the wind beneath our wings, so that we can eventually find something that is more aligned with who we are and with our destiny. And so I really loved this talk with Tara. I just edited it and I didn't take out much. It's over an hour, but um, she is such an interesting woman to discuss astrology and just life in general with. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And with that, here is my discussion on exploring Neptune with Tara All. So hey, Tara, thank you for coming back to the Radiant Astrology Podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, Christina. Thanks for having me back. I'm very excited to be with you again here. Great. Well, congratulations that you will be speaking at Norwalk again at the end of May. Yeah, thank you. It's one of my, you know, my, my teacher, my very first teacher, Laura Nalbandian, that is her conference. So that that is my my home. So mm. I'm, I'm, I'm honored and excited to be there again as a speaker. Yeah. And what are you going to be speaking on this time? 
This year, the magical axis, which is the sixth and twelfth house and the associated archetypes of Virgo, Pisces, and Neptune, and then Mercury. Well, that's great because I wanted to have you on to talk like a little slice of that because we were talking about how Neptune transits, how they can show up during times, some really pivotal times in people's lives. And I've actually had some experiences my, myself with Neptune transits that were very transformative in my life and also seen them with clients. So I thought it'd be great if we can kind of talk about how we've seen Neptune transits show up in our own lives and also in some client work as well. Does that sound good? That sounds perfect. Well, one of the first things is, you know, we were talking about the Neptune square. Um, so regardless of, you know, where Neptune is in your chart and how it's aspected, um, usually the Neptune square, we, you know, will experience some Neptune, which that usually happens, what, early 40s? Yeah. Usually. Um, I had mine a couple of years ago and it was like out of the blue, um, my husband and I ended up moving like right next to the beach, like. <laughs> literally steps from the ocean in Florida. What had happened was um, we were actually, we had an art gallery and we were closing it. And, you know, we were just kind of done. We did it for like 13 years. And then we had this opportunity to move to a condo, like right on the beach. And there's something about having the ocean, like right at your back door. I just felt like I was in like Neptune territory in the all. And, and it was beautiful. And it was, at times it felt very incredibly serene and relaxing, but then there's also, sometimes that can be really frustrating when you think that you should be on some timetable and in the earth realm, but you can't really get a grip. You can't really, you know, make progress <laughs> um, the way you want to, you know, your timetable. I'm very Saturnian. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's frustrating. But I look back at it as, as such a beautiful time. Um, luckily for me, it wasn't like devastating or anything. But for me, I found it to be a time where I was able to really just explore and explore my spirituality, explore my identity, like release one identity and one even sort of path in life I thought I was on and then just sort of open up to what was unfolding. So what about yours? Yeah, um, it's funny. I'm, I'm also very Saturnian. I have um, Saturn conjunct uh, Mercury. Mercury is a ruler of my south node. Uh, so uh, Saturn is, is very, and I have Capricorn on the midheaven. So I'm, <sighs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with you in that territory. And for me, um, similar theme as you, but um, my Neptune square was end of November, 2015. And that was right about the exact timing I had spent before I switched to full-time astrology and metaphysics. I was 22 years in healthcare as a compliance director and clinical practice manager. Wow. So I was very much in the world and I worked at the university in the world of academia. And I just decided that that wasn't the path I wanted to continue doing. And, and, and it was right before my Neptune square that I pulled out half my retirement, quit that career. And at the time I was living in Seattle, I'm a, I'm a Seattle, Seattle born girl. And I thought I was going to stay there. So I still had some connections there. I was working at a metaphysical bookshop, you know, doing some things there. 
And then I met the love of my life. And it was literally right at that Neptune Square that I decided to leave Seattle and move to be with him in Brooklyn, in New York. So the funny thing about time, you brought up time, like literally I checked out of my life and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that Neptune square, like it was the impetus to say, I need to be in a different space, a different time. And that was the first time since I was probably, you know, 15 years old that I didn't have a regular job I was clocking into. So even my time schedule of when I woke up, you know, when I went to bed, you know, what I did, um, it was a very, very freeing period. At the same time, in addition to the freedom, there was a part of me that was, uh, didn't quite know what to do with myself without mm-hmm. the Saturn structure, you know, mm-hmm. like you, I mean, I'm used to that, but that's what's required because I feel like with Neptune, it's in part, it's washing things away so you can become more real and authentic to who you are. But for me, it took a drastic change, right? You know, I've never left my hometown. So was there a sense of frustration at the time or just confusion, even though you knew you were following something that felt right? Was there yeah. also something, you know, surrounding it? Like, you know, I just read a thing, um, Jeffrey Wolf Green, there was a, book called measuring the night volume one i absolutely love it it's um and he talks about some of the potential manifestations of the trauma of like the outer planets and one of them he said with neptune it can be like you're tuned into something that you you have a sense is you know is truth but it's like being able to listen to a radio station and you hear the music but nobody else does yeah (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah and that's yeah. the frustrating part is when y- you know that you know some maybe some truth some knowings come into your life but nobody else gets it yeah it was and and I think for my my family of origin do you know that that leaving and that changing uh even the whole career path thing was um there were some trials around that around them not getting it you know entirely but for me it was interesting because here I was right it's just like super romantic time. I moved, you know, to the whole other side of the United States, you know, coast to coast. And I'm in this like falling in love romantic period. And at the same time, for the first time in my life, I felt really alone, not, not with my partner, but just in general in life. Like I just had this feeling of, you know, where am I? And sometimes honestly, even getting out of bed, like taking a shower felt like it was a big accomplishment. Um, It's like so much was going on inside of me. I realized I had spent so much of my life externally focused, you know, and I'm, if you know, anyone who spent much time with me, especially in the past, like I'm really like pretty regimented, like get up, go get it done, work hard and work a ton of hours, you know, and during that period, I just, I withdrew into myself in my, with my partner, I was totally present, but other than that, and so there was some confusion around where would I even go from there? You know, like it was like, who, who, who am I without my structure and what structure would I want to rebuild and would I ever even want any, you know, there's a part of me, I wondered like, how am I ever going to go back to like a, a regular anything after this? Like how, how does, how does someone, you know, kind of go through that change of letting it all fall apart and then coming back together. And I always think about Neptune is coming undone. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like it's a, it's a come undone. So yeah, unraveling. The, yeah. Complete unraveling. And, and also, uh, there's so much feeling, you know, uh, involved, emotion involved with that, for me, that transit is that when I stepped away from, you know, the alarm clock goes off, I go to work, I focus on these projects, I see whatever these, I see my clients, I had this, I had all this time to feel myself. And, and that wasn't always easy. You know, there's a lot goes on inside of a, inside of a person. <laughs> and, and when you don't have all the external distractions, 
and and that's really what you're with all day long you you have a different relationship with yourself which you can totally imagine why i can totally get why people completely check out you know that's a it's a raw experience when most of your day or even part of your day you know every, everyone's life doesn't mean you're your neptune where everyone doesn't you know move away or move right by the ocean right people have less dramatic experiences but i think there's still a part inside where you there's a new sensitivity it brings on a hypersensitivity Mm-hmm. And also the other sort of extreme is another thing that Neptune can be associated with is like anesthesia and numbing yeah. out, you know, and sometimes people, that's people's way of checking out is they want to numb out because that can be such a sense of overwhelm when you're suddenly faced with all of, you know, this new you that's emerging, you don't know what's happening and you know, one way of checking out is obviously we see Neptune associated with like drugs and alcohol and things like that, or just any kind of wanting to numb yourself out. And that can be, you know, eating too much, uh, you know, doing too much internet, doing too much, you know, whatever, where you aren't still and you aren't able to really hear, you know, what's happening within and let that voice of yours and that change manifest on its own. Yeah, and I always feel like, you know, we're sometimes we're quick to say, you know, don't check out, stay present. And, you know, I'm absolutely a supporter of being present in your life. But of course, you don't want to go overboard with those things. But it's okay to have some compassion for yourself. Like sometimes in those times, like you can only only so much at a time, you know, so it's understandable where you might need to escape into music or you might need to like, you know, take a break because, you know, only so much, you know, sometimes I feel like only so much, sometimes bite-sized pieces is, you know, is the way to go about it. So one thing for me that was just anything that's non-linear is really great during those times. Like anything that you've got going on with Neptune, honestly, even in your birth chart, if you have strong Neptune things, you know, aspects or signatures is to give your space to be in the non-linear. And that doesn't have to just be painting a painting. You know, we tend to jump right to art with these things, but, but there's lots of other ways to have those experiences. Cause what it does is it leaves room for that right side of your brain, you know, and for your heart to receive things in a different way. And I feel like that part is, can be really, really supportive. And also, and in those realms, it doesn't have to make sense. In fact, it's not supposed to make sense. So there's a freedom in that. Yeah, because it's kind of like, I think of it, like when you wake up from a dream that just really meant something to you, you know, it just felt so significant. But then when your mind tries to put the pieces together of, you know, what it possibly could have meant, and you're not really grasping it there, that doesn't mean that something wasn't really, you know, evocative within you and important to the soul, you know, maybe that's the soul's way of just purging or healing itself. And, you know, things like music and poetry and painting that they can be beautiful. But yeah, like you said, that's that's not where we have to go with it. I see so many, so much that astrologers write that they say, well, this is a perfect time for spirituality, but (laughs) spirituality is everything. I know. And it's also like to really open up to some real spiritual truths and knowing and and integrating these, you know, a, a belief that you feel is true to your soul. 
sometimes that means you have to, you know, hit a rock bottom or be at the end of your rope or things fall apart or, you know, or maybe just this low grade depression suddenly becomes so everything's numbing, you know, you can't, sometimes you can't like taste food or you can't, you don't have your mojo. You don't like things. You don't have that libido as they call it, the Jungians call it. And which may or may not have to do with sex itself. It's just that life force. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a potency because with Nep with Neptune there is um and I don't mean this in a native way there's a natural passivity do you know there's there there's a part of the call is to you know to accept and surrender and I always think yes. about the it's not you know or let's use the word letting go we talk about letting go all the time right let go and I think oftentimes we think about letting go of something I think about the Neptune Pisces experience as letting go into something mm-hmm. you know? and I, to me that just brings a lot. A different level of it's it's a choice you know but there is always releasing involved so I'm not you know I'm not taking that out of the equation but it's more of a choice to move into more you know it's like if you were in the swimming pool you'd be moving out of the kitty and you'd be getting into the deep end you know it's like you move into the next bigger section and the next more spacious area and Neptune always wants to make more room you know, and more room for you, more room for you to see more truth, more room to experience more things, more room to feel more things. But usually to be in a more spaciousness, the illusion has to dissolve of what you thought was your space or your container, which brings us back to your start with Saturn, right? Mm-hmm. You know, those things will take a new form. And the whole idea of, you know, idealizing things, it's like we may get a sense of that we've, you know, we've helped been holding on to these ideals, you know, idealizing maybe our path or our destiny or, you know, what's it like to be a gallery owner or idealizing <laughs> what's it like to be a CEO of an um, insurance company or whatever path you were on, you know? <laughs> And now, you know, look, we're both on totally different paths than we were in our 20s. Yeah. Um, you know, again, which doesn't, isn't the prescription for everybody, but I know my reality is different now than it was before. Um, yeah. And it's been infused with a trust in the universe. That's my path, mm-hmm. you know, sun in the 12th. Um, yeah. and, but, you know, that idealism, anytime we idealize something, there's going to at times be that disillusionment you know that ideal dissolves and i think that's part of the the purpose of the neptune square and you know it may or may not be something super like you said super devastating or everything changes but it some something is meant to be washed away some yeah. dream some idealism is washing away so that something more appropriate and more authentic can arise you have space for it, as you said. And sometimes it's just a perspective. But as we know, our perspective or our perception is our reality. So one little change of your perspective on life does change everything. So even if it doesn't look so drastic, you know, let's just say if for forever you, you held a certain thought or belief or pattern in your head, and this may be the period of time when Neptune comes in to wash it away, that it, that, that changes that in effect over time is going to change everything. So it's very powerful, even if you don't recognize it in the moment, you know, like, let's just say if maybe, maybe for, for years, I've sort of had this idea that I can't, I don't know, I can't swim, you know, it's just not something I can do. And if all of a sudden in, in I decide, even, even if I don't try to do it, but if I just switch in my head, Hey, I'm going to hold space for maybe I can do this thing. 
things are going to be different. And that's just a very small thing. But on a bigger scale, there are some of us who have you know, tried to use our brains forever you know, to figure things out in certain ways. And so we've, we've made it these sort of equations to say, hey, if one plus one doesn't equal two, you know, then this can't work. And I think Neptune, in part, it like it really breaks down that logic, which is frightening because that's what we know. Like you can, can make up an example of a diet, right? Let's just say that that we've told ourselves for a long time that um, I can't eat strawberries. And maybe you have a true allergy. So I'm not speaking about those situations. But maybe you've just got a thing going in your head for a long time that then has become your reality. And Neptune will bring up situations that will somehow challenge that, somehow reveal to you that maybe what you thought was true. Like, for example, here we look at a Neptune sort of sneaky thing. Maybe all of a sudden you eat something, you have no idea strawberries are in it, but it's loaded with strawberries. You just can't see it or taste it. And later on, someone tells you and you recognize that nothing happened when you ate the strawberry thing, right? That's an example of realizing I wasn't right about that. Like, I, right, I wasn't accurate in my idea, which then changes everything, right? Your whole, you know, shopping and meal planning can now include strawberries. And I'm just using that as an example, right? But you can extrapolate that to anything. Yeah, because we often think of Neptune as being deception and illusion, which it can be, but then it can also be revealing truths or revealing where we've been in denial. I mean, I've seen as many people, actually, I I think I've seen more people get sober during a Neptune transit than lose themselves in drugs and alcohol or whatever. And both are are possible and potential because some people, and actually I, I forget who it was, but I think there was an astrologer who said that there were two people with like the same birth chart and they were having like a Neptune transit did, you know, they didn't know each other. They just happened to, you know, have, they were born on the same day or whatever, similar time. And at that same time, one was getting sober and one, another one was hitting rock bottom huh. with an addiction. So it's like, I think Neptune can be where we're in denial, but it can also be if we're open, if we had just a little bit of opening to really wanting to accept the truth, then that I think can help us to really see, to have that great illumination there. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Which is actually is very exciting, but there, but there is, there, it does have to be a certain level of trust. You know, you talked about your son in the 12th house and I have Jupiter retrograde in the 12th house. So, you know, we kind of kind of share that signature as well, that, that things can be okay. You know, that life is for you, right? And I think that there, oftentimes during Neptune, there can be, so speaking of spirituality, um, sometimes when Neptune comes around, it does touch on kind of where we've put our faith as well. You know, Jupiter kind of feel that too, but Neptune does it as well. For me, they both share that piece. And so sometimes realizing that what you have believed in, you know, sometimes that changes on on a grand scale. Or on the flip side, you realize that you really do believe in something maybe that that you hadn't before. But but vision is such a big part of Neptune as well. You know, having some sort of a vision which is comes hand in hand with faith, right? I mean Dane Rujar talks about how you can't have faith and hope without a vision, you have to be able to see that something could be different or else those things don't exist. And part of what Neptune brings to our lives is that vision. And, you know, we talk about it being vision for the future, but I feel like it's more, more of an expanded present, just our human mind, likes the idea of future, you know, but it's more that there can be more now, which is a huge bringer of hope. I think where the 
some of, again, some of the frustration can be around is, you know, if you are tuned into a knowing, but just have no idea how to actualize it, you know, the actualizing it is the Saturn part, you know, and we just have to let Neptune do its thing. I mean, I can think of probably the, so far, the most difficult Neptune transit I had was those point where Neptune was transiting my ascendant, um, my son and ascendant. And that was when I was in college, actually. And this is the thing, I was a really good student. I mean, I was a straight A student from like (laughs) pre-K up until until about ninth grade. And then high school was a little, you know, having to adjust, whatever. I got okay grades in high school, but then I got into college under a, a scholarship. Where I ha- but I had to have my grades up really high. And that first year, Neptune was right on my ascendant. And I just couldn't keep up with life. I just couldn't, you know, I just was like constantly, I was partying too much with one. <laughs> um, but I also felt like I just couldn't keep up with with my life, with, you know, just where I had to be when or whatever. And later, you know, years later, looking back and seeing that was Neptune on my ascendant. What ended up happening was my grades plummeted that first year and I had to bring them up. Otherwise I would lose my scholarship. Even though it was hard, I just poured all of my will into doing what I could to prioritize my grades. And I was able to do it, but it it almost felt like it was happening to me. You know, like I was watching a movie or, you know, playing a video (laughs) game and like... (laughs) And that phrase you said about feeling checked out, that's one that I've heard people say that have strong Neptune signatures, or if they have, you know, Neptune conjunct the sun or something, maybe one of the parents, the father or whoever, or, you know, the Neptune, you know, sun and moon signatures can sometimes be a parent who was checked out in some way. Yeah. I mean, when you get that can be, you know, addiction, but also maybe mental illness is common, you know, because there can just be like, it's, it's funny with Neptune, oftentimes uh, the person, even ourselves is there but there's nobody home, you know, it's like this, I don't know, I, I have, I have so much Neptune happening in my chart right now. Neptune uh, has just gone over my Jupiter in the 12th house. Yes, and, I was going to ask yeah. you in the 12th. I had to ask you about that because Neptune and Jupiter are so similar, you know, they're co-rulers yeah. of Pisces. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when you were talking about that Neptune, you left everything behind and we're starting a new life. Sometimes that can be like a Jupiter thing too. A lot, you know, a lot of times mm-hmm. it's seeking freedom, seeking new horizons. Yeah. So can you give us a sense yeah. of what Neptune here Jupiter was like? Yeah. And just to give you a little bit of, so my Jupiter is a, is like a V point in my chart. It's the ruler of my North node. It's square my nodes. It's the handle of my bucket and it's retrograde and it's in Pisces in the 12th house. So if you ever wondered what direction I'm going, it's, you know, it's not to leave Saturn behind, but it's definitely to move from that or more to the, you know, the, 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 the other. So that being said, it's already hitting on things that are big triggers for me. But what's interesting right now is that sort of checked out. It's not that I'm checked out, but even physically, you know, I, I drop things, you know, like I'll, I'll walk to a room to do something. I'll be like, I'm like, Oh, I go to put my hang up my robe, but I go to a different room, you know, not where the hook is, you know, like those kinds <laughs> of things. So like there's, it's very much um, in some ways I feel like heart centered wise, I feel like I'm with myself more than ever, but my mind, it's not, I can't even necessarily remember. I, I have a very sharp memory but 
I find myself testing myself because just common things like names or things that I know, like they don't just come right to the surface. And I'm preparing for my, I've been preparing for my lecture at Norwalk. And I mean, I've given lots of presentations, you know, not just in astrology, but years, years before that and other areas of my work. And I kind of know how I work, you know, I'm pretty organized and things come together and make sense. And I got to tell you, like, I would just sit staring at the computer and then I had all these slides and I read them and they were like, the order was just abysmal, you know, like I, then I retried to reshuffle them. And, and I, and I think it's great because I'm trying not to, uh, I'm trying to hold space for myself here and I can share that in my lecture too but I feel like it's for me it's my mind you know my mind needs to let go and to do that I don't know what the new order will be but there definitely is this strange like loss of myself for who I thought I was Mm -hmm. you know and and even what I think that I have been wanting you know that that piece is coming up as well so but it is interesting at times and sometimes I feel like I feel uh, emotional so sometimes you know I just you know it's it's not like I have some big crying fit, but you know, I'm moved to tears easily. I mean, I'm a cancer, so it already happens pretty easy anyway, but, but I'm more moved to tears. And like, and even the way I'm looking as like I'm driving, I'm looking at, you know, the trees on the way to work or something, and I'm just seeing them differently. So this is really the best way I can say, I feel like in some ways for me, my senses are sort of realigning uh, from a different place. And I have no idea where that's going to go. I don't know what that means for my work, but I do know that it feels like the most true developing of me that maybe I have yet to, you know, that I've ever experienced in my life. And that part's exciting. Yes. It's like permission to not get everything put together. You know, and that is, oh my God, that's so important (laughs) is giving yourself permission. So as I said, that one of the reasons I want to talk to you about this is some of the people that come that I see with my client work that are the most frustrated are having like a Neptune transit and, and are probably, you know, earth signs. (laughs) (laughs) And it's important. I think giving yourself permission, just allowing, because the thing is, is the allowing, I mean, Neptune and all the outer planets, in fact, you know, show us, prove to us that life is bigger than us. You know, the universe is bigger than us because there's something bigger than us that's coming in to everything from our mind to, you know, events in our life to even our desires or urges. And we need to let it happen. The danger is blaming ourselves for not being on time, not getting toward our ambition, not blah, 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 these things. Um, I, and also to me, whenever I hear people say, oh, you got to ground, you got to stay grounded and ground. I mean, yeah, granted, like maybe there's times in your life where, yeah, you, you've got to pay the bills on time or you've got to do these little things. But I think grounding too much is denying what is trying to happen through you. I totally agree. And so, so one thing that can be helpful is, so and I'm, this is from my personal experience, it's funny, I made this shift, like in so many ways, I've been so, I, I'm a Pluto sixth house person, like I'm a control freak. And I, and I've moved in this space of like, I don't balance my checkbook anymore. I wash my hair only twice a week. I mean, literally like all these like sort of things you mentioned earlier about Neptune and people sometimes even stopping taking care of themselves. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but not at a deeper level. So what can be really helpful though, is to make a list or find some way to make sure that you do the critical things, right? Because you don't want to just let everything go down the drain. You still need to pay your bills. You still need to, you know, brush your teeth, whatever. But so if you set up a, 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 some sort of a healthy structure for those things that need to be taken care of, then you can let yourself off the hook for the rest. And I feel like during those transits, 
You need to do that. You need to find out what happens when you're not under the influence of your own kind of control mechanisms. And that, and as human beings, we have so many of those. Mm. And it can be scary and it can be confusing. And you can feel like you, know, you have no idea what you're doing or even what you're saying. You know, like, mm-hmm. like if you're used to being super organized and having, you know, all the information together, or if you're used to never, you know, missing a detail, and then all of a sudden at your job, you recognize that, everything looks a little hazy, you know, it can be frightening, but the exciting side I feel like is, okay, what actually comes next? And with Neptune, one of the things that I always take comfort in is that there's supposed to be fog. Like Neptune is the fog and it will clear. And, you know, Lara Nabandian in our classes used to always say, and there will never be a more crystal clear moment than when the fog clears but you have to wait for it. You can't push Neptune. That's beautiful. Yeah, there will <laughs> never be a more crystal clear moment than when yeah. the fog clears. Yeah. And you know, I mean, after my Neptune square, I kind of, I really missed it because that was such a mystical time really yeah. also. And you know, it's funny because I was going through my progressed moon in Aries at the same time. Wow. <laughs> That's when I was like building my business and doing all these courses and da, da, da. But then, and I would do them. I would have like, you know, I think of a progressed Aries moon as like driving an ambulance, you know, like <laughs> I put so much energy into, you know, doing a webinar and then just completely unravel after that for like two weeks. Or yeah. You know, it's like I did something this month. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because ne- Neptune, is the, there's a nature of Neptune to um, to care on a really deep level, like to care about, you know, people's well-being and to care about, you know, love and compassion and all these things, but to not care about the rest of the stuff, do you know? And so it's such a, so antithetical to, to that sort of attention to, I've got to do, got to do, got to do, you know, um, Krishnamurti in his book, Freedom from the Known, he says, he, he asks people, he says, do you want to know my secret? He's like, my secret is I don't care what happens next. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel like that's also um, one of the things we can embrace with Neptune as long as you are present, um, when I'm when I mean present, I mean like, you know, with yourself, you know, you know that you are showing up the best you that you can be. And, you know, you, with Neptune, there's not a need to worry about anything else because Neptune is never anything but the moment. You know, that's sort of the magic or the kaleidoscope of it is that it's all things happening at once. There is no, you know, no separate things. And mm-hmm. so I remind myself about a lot. And, you know, this also comes back to, you know, uh, to attachment lessons, right? Neptune teaches us to not be so attached. Yeah. Which is, which is the ultimate freedom, right? If you're not attached to things, think about what you've just created for yourself. Yeah, because a lot of times during a Neptune transit, so what do we see? Somebody gives all their stuff away. You know, all of a sudden, yeah. you need all this stuff. And, you know, it's great. You give it to charity or you give it away or just kind of create space because mm-hmm. you suddenly feel everything's... A, cluttered you know or you give of yourself yeah you know you give of yourself to others to helping others um even to the point of depletion and but there's only so much you can so far you can go is when we're depleting ourselves even for a good cause yes oh so i think that's where the you know because a lot of it in especially in evolutionary astrology we look at the polarity Mm -hmm. and so like you were saying like it sounded like the the Virgo polarity is the having some rituals in place, having just enough structure. Because we talk about the light and shadow of the Neptune Pisces archetype, 
Well, I think, you know, with the opposite, you know, the Virgo can be the grounded, can be the, um, you know, that, that sense of responsibility, that sense of containment that's necessary. Yeah. But then I think the shadow of that is also like meaninglessness. You know, if you're just constantly trying to prove your perfection, trying to cross all your T's and dot your I's, but then there's no soul behind it. To me, that's the Neptune and Pisces job. You know? yeah. yeah. And Christine, I, so I use that word meaningless, just the, the, just the way that you do. And I also add joylessness. Like mm-hmm. when we get, when we get too stuck in the, in the, you know, in, in the Virgo perspective, uh, we lose joy. You know, everything becomes a task and everything becomes something to improve. We, we, we miss the beauty of everything as it is. And, and, and we, we all have that beauty. Right. And so Neptune is the reminder, I think of, of that. So what can you share maybe in your client work? Like, is there like sort of a, something that you see come up and you maybe have some insight around how people can navigate when they're having difficulty with a Neptune transit? Yeah, I think um, of all the things, it's the most difficult to articulate, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so I, I think that that's a good place to start meaning it's totally understandable if you can't even fully explain what's going on with you, you know, and that, and that that's okay. So this kind of comes back to the permission that we were talking about, the, the permission to feel lost, right? You know, that you don't have to have it all together. Um, so, and, and the nonlinear piece I talked about is really useful. So for some people that is just a free form writing, you know, where you just sit down and let things just flood out of you. For some people, uh, it's drawing, and it doesn't have to be creating something, uh, you know, beautiful for the wall. It can just be simply sitting down and working with your hands. You know, finger paint is great. You don't need to be making a work of art that you're going to show off, but letting the part of you express that isn't attached to trying to explain, problem solve, you know, or get things exactly right. The other thing about Neptune in the 12th house in general is it's linked to horses. So anybody who has any connection or has any love of horses, going to a horse therapy workshop can be amazing. Taking riding lessons can be amazing. Just simply going and spending time, you know, go out to a stables or go out to a field, being around horses, because there's something about the frequency of a horse that really links into that energy mm-hmm. as well. You mentioned being by the ocean. I mean, that's part of it too. Um, and if you can't get to the ocean or by water outside, get in the bathtub. You know, it's like, oh yeah, it's, 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 it's the water element. So giving yourself being, you know, feeling your own flow, I guess is part of what I feel with Neptune, right? Sometimes that mean, you know, maybe if, if you can, um, Neptune also is linked up with periods of um, reflection and solitude and respite. Mm-hmm. It's also with Neptune and the 12,000 Pisces in general, it's giving yourself time to heal, right? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the polarity or sixth house Virgo action is that, you know, working it into perfection as if perfection were a real thing, but I'm just using that as a, you know, as a, as a statement here, but on the Neptune Pisces 12th house side, it's giving yourself a time out. So sometimes that means whatever, you know, maybe you can take a little sabbatical from your job if it's possible. You know, maybe it just simply means on the weekend, if you have a weekend or whatever day you have off, maybe you dedicate that to not having to do something. Because I feel like Neptune, its magic in part arises when you're not trapped in something. So it could be a walk in nature, 
could be drumming, could be meditating. You know, there's a, lots of ways to do it. But I feel what's important is to somehow free yourself of the structure. Do you know, that's really, I think, is the most useful thing. And, and the other piece is that this idea of meaninglessness, hope, hopelessness comes in with Neptune stuff, confusion, sometimes even a giving up, right? Neptune is very much linked with giving up. Well, it's also like what we didn't really touch on, and we talked a little bit about depression, but um, grief, you know, and it could be some grief that hasn't been addressed before that now is really needing to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, again, that time for healing, you know, it is that is a giving yourself that space. But, but, you know, um, there's always this fine line between, you know, if someone is really seriously depressed or really having thoughts, you know, about ending their lives, I mean, that, that, that requires a different kind of attention, right? But most of us going through Neptune transits on some level are going to question, what's the meaning of my life? Yeah. That's normal. And so those little moments of depression, you know, depression, when it hasn't gone into, um, into a point where it really needs treatment, it's meant to slow you down and to make you aware that something, you know, is not in alignment with you. And that's, that's a useful tool. tool. And sometimes we have to sit in that space, you know, for a little while to really kind of feel it out. Do you know, like in other words, sometimes first we just feel disillusioned, right? You know, so think about the, the, the Neptune square it happens around the early 40s, right? So it's kind of like a midlife crisis, if you will. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because it comes, you know, close to the Uranus opposition too, you know, so we're kind of getting this, you know, tag team of, you know, what am I doing here? Is it really what I meant to do? And then on a bigger level, like, you know, is there any meaning at all? Do you know, and especially when- Yeah, because like loss of faith is a, you know, kind of keyword, key phrase with Neptune transits. and But that can be huge because when you put your faith into something- it's your, that's putting your, your meaning for being, you know, the meaning of everything. And when something happens and that's lost or you just can't access it anymore, that, yeah, that can be very disorienting. Well, yeah, totally. And you, and you even can feel at some points, like, you know, you, if you lose faith in humanity, you lose faith in, you know, everything seems hopeless, right? You know, I mean, look at, look at the state of the world, look at the planet, look at people and, especially those of us who get to be in our forties, it's oftentimes the first realization that actually everything has kind of already been done. You know, we're just all inventing new versions of doing it. And so there can be this sort of, you know, the illusions fall away that, you know, that I'm going to be this spectacular. Sometimes we had these visions of grandeur, right? Something was going to be so magical or this thing was going to happen. And it's interesting because actually there is even more magic to be found. It's just of a different kind. And so this, 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 so it's really, it's not that we're losing magic. It's just the way we thought it was going to happen. It's different. And, and, you know, we get a little bit older and life happens and we start to see things differently. And then a Neptune transit happens. And then sometimes it takes us down to our knees and that's, but that may be the point where in our own desperation or our own despair, we then realize how we really want to make a difference in the world or where our heart really is leading us, or if everything really feels hopeless, maybe that's because the way we've been focusing all of our energy is putting a bunch of effort into something that doesn't matter to us anyway. And then what a wonderful thing to take a break, you know, take enough time so you can heal, recover, get yourself back, reclaim your innocence. This is so much Neptune as well. You know, it's the innocence and the wonder of what life can be, but, but it takes, you know, it takes some time to get, to get ourselves back to that place. But then 
after, to me, after that Neptune transit, there's so, there's just this, sometimes, you know, for example, you and I, we know, you know, our lives look differently afterward, but I really think even sometimes just the amount of compassion you have might change. Cause when you've gone through your own struggles of, I don't know what has meaning, maybe you've lost your faith, whatever it looks like, you then have a new compassion in life and you're more available than to meet the people in your life, you know, in a place. And we know Neptune rules compassion. We know Neptune rules forgiveness. We know Neptune is about acceptance. So part of the Neptune process is accept, accepting our own feelings of weakness, you know, accept, accepting our own feelings of helplessness, accepting that we are, you know, there's only so much perhaps that we can do. Maybe what we thought we could do is not realistic. Maybe what we thought the world would offer us is not realistic. But in that process, we then also become aware of what is possible. And that to me is where, you know, the real positive influence comes in. Yeah. I think, you know, during this time, like we said at first, you'll probably want a lot of alone time. I mean, I think that when there's too much of this Neptunian influence, sometimes, you know, just life, it just gets overwhelming or just the noise of the collective, you know, that can start to like come into your own mind. And you need space from that. And, you know, there's no real shutting it out. You know, there's no, you can't build a wall in the middle of the ocean, you know? (laughs) Um, And so it it is that sort of taking an approach of ease to life, you know, easing into life. I think even just in this overstimulated society, even though we think it might be relaxing to have no noise and just be by yourself, gosh, sometimes when we are alone, all the noise that's been happening in our minds gets really loud and we just want a distraction from that. But really, I think the work is to to know that only by going within and by meditating or quieting the mind or coming to some kind of awareness of the self that you, we don't need all of these voices. And a lot of times these voices that are happening within our mind aren't even ours. You know, we were born into a conversation or there, there was something someone said to us once that keeps firing off. And I think that these Neptunian times can help us to maybe discern what is ours and what's not really ours. Yeah, and I think attuned to a new frequency. I feel like that's a real Neptunian thing. Like there's a, you know, if you like the terminology, higher frequency, but just different frequency. And the thing about, I, I practice uh, the tarot as well as astrology and the hanged man is the Neptune card. And the hanged man, of course, is, you know, uh, the god Odin who discovered the runes, but he's hanging upside down on the, on the, on the world tree and he's hanging upside down and in Norse mythology he was, you know, he got snared up and hung upside down from this tree. And after he had, you know, and his, you know, he couldn't free himself and he was stuck upside down. And it was during that period of being upside down that he downloaded basically, you know, the, the, the magical runes, like the mystery of the runes. And, oh, wow. and so Neptune is all about what happens if you let yourself be totally upside down, hung up out of your own control, but then how do you see your world? And so it's disorienting, but at the same time, what really is up and down? Do you know? Like, this is the thing, like, what is backward or forward? All these things with Neptune become, you know, up for a rediscovery. And so there's, there's definitely, I mean, we think like in life, right, we tend to always have the same orientation towards things. Like, can you imagine actually, if you always walk with your feet on the ceiling? I mean, you really would, life would be entirely different to you. Think what you would see. And this is in, in, Part, you know what that card and why it links with the Neptune is that it requires surrender when life has got you tied up by the legs upside down 
what's the best thing you can do? Surrender and see what actually comes in that space. And let's also not forget dreams because I always encourage. Oh yeah, um, I, I always always encourage my clients like this is the time. And if you are an artist, don't waste it. Yeah. Any kind of an artist, right? Because because Neptune moves slowly. You know, you won't have these. These aren't going to keep coming again. You know, like a Mars return. So. When you're in these periods with Neptune, like if it's painting you love, paint. If it's music, music you love, you know, create music. Like let if it's nature you love, do that because the 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 energy is so available to you. The inspiration is so available to you for anybody. But you know, I mean, especially if you're inclined in that way. And any dreams, you know, the dreams that you have, it's like it's not that you have to actualize them at that moment, but you know, write them down, draw them out, make a dream board, make a vision board. The thing with dreams too is something that just is so powerful is active imagination. So if you had a dream and it just really impacted you and maybe you have some fragments of it, but then you don't know what it really meant, then you go into a space of like meditation and you bring that dream forth, you know, the image. And rather than controlling it or whatever, you just allow the images to unfold, to have a life of their own, you know, to to speak to you, to see what was it that they were trying to say and even ask them, characters in the dream, what do you want from me or what do I need to know? And it's pretty amazing how that can really, really speak to you, especially during Neptunian times. Yeah, because your psychic channels are open. Like, do you know, like if, if you're, if you're someone who's into developing your psychic abilities, that is prime time. I mean, it, it could be like the time that you recognize that you have a gift, you know, maybe you're clairsentient. You didn't know that you were, you know, that could come forward. But Christina, as you were talking about that meditation with the dream, the other, the other powerful one, in addition to that, that I love to use is the waking meditation, you know, where you actually look at your whole day as a dream, you know? So like, as you're going through your day and things are happening, look Look at it as though it were a dream. And so the encounter you have with the person at work, whatever happens with the barista, you know, in your car, like look at all the things that are happening as symbols as though they were a dream. And that also gives you a whole different perspective. Neptune will be trining the North Node. Oh yeah. Um, from like May 17th through for a couple of weeks, I think, or how long? Yeah. Through about beginning of June. Something I love to just play around with in some of my metaphysical groups. If there's some kind of Pisces, you know, transit or then I'll say, did anybody have interesting dreams last night? And people will be like, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> Because it does. I mean, it just opens those channels and, and it has a potential to be opening the collective channels yeah. when Neptune is, you know, is in hard aspect to a personal planet or something. And, and in this case, the, the North Node. So the North Node being a cancer and, you know, the sign of the feminine. Yeah. Maybe what's the feminine collective dream? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, maybe there is a dream that needs to, to be purified and cleansed. And, you know, maybe there's some disillusionment that needs to come up that washes away so that we can get really clear on maybe, where we're headed. I don't know. Maybe it's even on the feminine itself. What is, what is the feminine? Do you know, it, it could be even, even there could be awarenesses that, you know, that we don't have yet. And with both, Neptune and Cancer, there's a lot of healing energy in that as well, healing opportunity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a beautiful combination, really. You know, cancer, nourishment, care, yeah. a belonging, all of these things that that ultimately Neptune can elevate. 
can elevate us to, like you said, like a higher frequency or a a frequency that is more authentic to what we're attuned to. Well, yeah. And just that we're all children of the universe that unifies us, you know, and there's like, there's a, that's a belonging that can't ever be changed, you know? And so there's realizing that we can't, you know, go and sit on the universe's lap the way we can, you know, a mom's, but, but there definitely is, um, you know, that's something that, that brings us together. And I think that's something that's missing today too, right? In general, I mean, we, we, there's so much, still so much segregation, you know, there's still so much of division, right? We even, even with our activism, which, you know, this is not a statement for or against it. I'm just saying, even with that, it draws lines. And ultimately, Neptune doesn't draw lines at all. Neptune is as inclusive as it can be. It means everyone's part of the family. I really like to pay attention to when Neptune stations, Mm -hmm. because those are always some major collective experience event. I remember in... When was it? The end of 2017. That was, that was when all of those immigrants coming from Syria, I believe, came into was it Germany, and they opened the, their borders because there was nothing. I mean, they felt like it was just so overwhelming, and it was just like a sea of people who were fleeing war coming in, just overwhelming the system there. Um, and that happened at a Neptune station. Another Neptune station was when there was that attack in Paris. I think it was the Bataclan one. And people all over the world then were grieving. Then also the pulse attacks was then. I mean, they're, they're not always this violent or whatever things, but they're just some that, you know, come that came to mind that I remember thinking, oh, wow, it was right on the Neptune station that, you know, yeah. the pulse attacks happened and we were all suddenly... It was not, you know, there was no division. People were taking to the streets, doing visuals all over the world, really, especially America, because of, you know, the grief and the sorrow and that that feeling that we were all affected in some way. Well, and it's, I mean, it's it's always tragic, those kinds of things, but grief does tend to bring us together, you know, which is really kind of reinforces that, that Neptune piece. But as you were speaking, I was thinking, well, of course, you know, Neptune... Neptune always carries the theme of being overtaken by forces greater than ourselves, you know? And so any of those types of things, I mean, with, with Neptune, there's not, it's like when you're in the ocean and it's a giant storm and it just sweeps you away. You know, that's the kinds of things that we can, you know, that can happen with Neptune. And so I think all the things you were describing to me were like physical, actual, you know, on this planet, actual, tangible mm-hmm. actualizations of that energy. I often liken it to like an undertow. I mean, I grew up in Florida, like on the beach anyway. So like, you know, we always had to watch out. What happens when you get caught up in an undertow? And, you know, there's usually at the beach, they have some advice, some tips. You don't want to swim against the current. You're just going to exhaust yourself and you're not going to get anywhere. (laughs) You know, the other thing is it's like you relax into the movement of the ocean, but you keep one eye on the shore. That mm-hmm. does, that's not the same thing as you got to ground, 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 you know, because mm-hmm. um, you're not going to be able to fight where the movement of the ocean is going, but you can, you know, not fight against it, but also just try not to lose sight of the shore entirely. Yeah, which to me is like, you know, you, as you know, at least, at least my belief on this planet is while we are all interconnected, we all are also a separate self. So with Neptune, the idea is not to entirely lose yourself. The idea is to become more inclusive as yourself, you know? And so as you were saying, keep your eye on the shore, it's the same thing, you know, you keep 
you know, you keep part of yourself rooted in yourself while you experience those greater things. And we were talking earlier, I think you talked about selfless service, which really definitely comes up, volunteer work, all kinds of giving of oneself with Neptune. But we talk about selfless service, right? Or we talk about these things, but you can't serve without a self. You know, it really doesn't exist. And so I feel like it's, this is that, you know, the one spectrum of energy that is, you know, the Virgo Pisces together is there is the self in service of the greater. There's the higher self and there is the lower self, right? But none of these things exist without the self. So I'm completely agreeing with you and that keeping some rootedness with the self is important because that's the best that you have to give. And that's how you're actually experiencing all the things. And, you know, it, what makes me think of is, so with Venus, you know, goddess of love and relationships, um, she is supposedly exalted in Pisces, mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> Venus, Pisces, Neptunian type of, you know, relationships, I often see, you know, a yearning or, you know, for either an unrequited love or an idealized love or something. It can be a love that just can't be contained in a typical relationship. You know, all that relationships require, you know, me and my desires meeting you and your desires because there's something else that happens. And a lot of times these type of relationships that are Neptunian, sometimes they can't really be. I know that to me. What's the word when you like, when you, oh, consummated. Consummated or or even realized on this, in in human form. Like it becomes such a spiritualized relationship, but then, you know, we are still in human bodies and we have to actually, you know, we're still living our human lives. So. And sometimes trying to fit it in, in, you know, a sexual relationship or a typical whatever, you know, I give you this, you give me that. It doesn't work because, you know, again, it's on a different frequency and we start to Mm -hmm. make it wrong. I mean, we see, you know, I don't know if you see it when people have like twin flame kind of things. I have my own own opinion about that. (laughs) (laughs) It can be confusing and frustrating when we try to make them into something that they're not. You know, maybe for some people, maybe we're just meant to love them either from afar or our spirits love each other or our our souls are married on some other plane. I think it's just opening up the, the imagination can contain some real truths to it because our limited society and how we're used to doing relationship can't can't contain the bigness of, of Neptune at times. No, absolutely. And I don't know if you found this as well, but what I see oftentimes with uh, Neptune when it comes to either in a combination with Venus or other relationship signatures is there's a tendency, you know, to over idealize, you know, and then, and then to uh, not, not see someone for who they really are. So this to me comes down to with this sort of spiritualized Neptune sense, right? So it's like, let's say, you know, you and I fall in love, but what I really tune into is your, your soul or your higher self, right? And so I can see all this potential and all the beauty, but what I can't, what I fail to see is who you are in your human incarnation, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's like, a, it's like a, it's a, it's not accepting who someone is in the real moment. It's only seeing what they could be, you know, their greatest potential, if you would be. And nobody wants to be loved for their potential. That's painful, right? You know, we want to be loved for who we are now as we are. And so I think there's this, you know, um, danger sometimes with the Neptune energy. And it doesn't mean it's not true, right? Like in, you know, there is a part of us, of course, that is spirit and that is 
it doesn't mean that that all that potential and possibility is not there, but it's not um, very useful in our human experience to ignore what's actually going on now. And so I feel like we're to blame a, the other person for not living up to yes, what, what it could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What Jungians believe is that, you know, when we have these idealized projections on a loved one, you know, or someone that we're putting up on a pedestal, that that usually is an expression of something that's within us, our own potential that we haven't owned. And we look to someone that we project like an inner movie, and they are the screen, Mm -hmm. we project this image um, onto them when it's actually an inner image that exists with us. That's what they talk about a lot of times, the inner image. And, you know, once it falls off that other person, because they can't possibly, (laughs) you know, (laughs) then we get disappointed and we, you know, or disillusioned or whatever. But and, and, you know, at times that disappointment delusion can be helpful when we can pick up that projection and realize that it actually belonged to us the whole time. And yeah. that's something for us to live up to. So whatever it is we feel like we love in this other person, mm-hmm. that actually is something that we are meant to embody. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's Even in my own personal life, um, you know, for a long time, I was all, I always, would choose a wounded artist that was my type right and then I always wanted to like support that artist so they could really create their thing and then you know a number of years ago I had a realization that I am the wounded artist mm-hmm. right and then I was able to like re you know embrace that for myself and I'm still very attracted to artists but in a different way I'm not looking to like save here's the thing too with Neptune right the savior complex is such a big piece of it Either either I'm either I need to save you or other people, or I'm looking for someone to save me. And that, you know, and that that victim way, mentality. Yeah, all of that comes into, right? And generally, whatever we're trying to save is really the part of us that needs saving. And Neptune can help us, you know, tune back into that spot in ourselves so we can do that for ourselves, which is really a very, very empowering thing, but it can come through some very difficult times you know when 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 you feel like what your hope and savior was you know maybe maybe it is your relationship maybe it's your job maybe it's your religion whatever the thing is that you you know were looking to you know when that crumbles away can be really frightening but at the same time how exciting to recognize that you know you're not missing that thing inside you yeah and then how beautiful to discover it within you you know, like what you were saying, when the fog lifts, the clarity yeah. is like a like no other clarity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then and then and then you know which way to go. You know, it's like if you're driving a car and it's foggy and you can't tell where to go and it clears and all of a sudden, oh, you know. And that's I feel like when so when you're patient through the process, when you give yourself permission to not dot all the I's and cross all the T's, or you know, you know to to try different things um even let yourself maybe out of the time constraints you normally have whatever it is you do to loosen all that up um then you get on the frequency of being able to recognize the signs that were always there you know for the places where you know you can best serve the places where you can most be you the places where you know that are really in alignment with who you are and the people and the places and the experiences where you know where you can really kind of come alive and so I think that's the 
maybe one of the biggest gifts of, of these Neptune transits. Yeah. And it can also be so magical at times too, like yeah. magical and beautiful. And I think about when, um, you know, when we had that Mercury retrograde in Pisces, I, I can't imagine what it did to your chart since you said you're material <laughs> and everything. Um, it was, you know, in Pisces and I think it's stationed direct on Neptune and it was all. I was, in, I was in India. It was crazy, but oh, that's so- right. Because <laughs> I was going to say I was in Europe at the time and I was like, oh my God, it's going to be crazy. I'm going to, I'm probably going to miss all my trains and my, my hotels and stuff, but I actually didn't. It was the most magical beautiful trip it was like the whole thing was like a dream yeah it was amazing what about you I feel the same way but I went into it knowing I was like I'm not I'm letting go of expectations I'm gonna I'm gonna show up and really you know some odd odd things happened you know we couldn't get some of the transportation we wanted some things fell through but it didn't matter when they fell fell through was it replaced by something yes and yes and well and not just interesting like (laughs) very mystical things mystical okay <laughs> yeah i mean like at one point we were you know in in rishikesh which is the yoga capital of the world and we were on the way to the beatles ashram and wow we, we were just down this little cobblestone street and um they were having uh, a funeral which basically just like the body is out in the middle of the street and the few of the you know the family or neighbors are there and i mean the, literally the body is right there and they're like breaking this you know big clay vat of water you can't walk by because it's this I mean it's this ritual and these things where you think you can't time this you know it was like at that moment that minute and there's that experience of you know of a transition which is very Neptunian and there's the the people in the street and it was very beautiful and on the way to this magical place and we just had so many I mean I saw the Himalayas for the first time with my naked eye you know I mean there's just these that even who we met you know in these random moments was was very magical. And it's funny, at one point I said to um, my partner, Darren, we, you know, because people ask, you know, how was the trip or, you know, we're both photographers. So we took photos, but not as much as normal. And Darren looked at me and he said, you know, he said, this really has been more of an internal journey. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, absolutely. And how do you even tell someone about that? You know, that, and that to me, those are those Neptune moments where it's beyond words. And that's the awesome thing about it. You just, you know, you have the image, you have the moment, the experience, the feeling, but you'll like, like, like I just tried to articulate something for you, but like, but I can't, not the way it was it's impossible. And that's, and I, but I get I, it. I, I, I yeah, get and, it. <laughs> yeah. And I, and for me, I mean, I love those moments. I mean, those, those moments throughout my life are you know, the highlights of when I feel, you know, the most connected and just, you know, it's, it's beautiful. So Yes. But this is also speaks to this being willing to let go because if I had been my, you know, if this had been 10 years ago and I had been my normal control freak tendencies, you know, it might've been a very different story. Mm-hmm. No. Um, I just noticed um, because, you know, so Jupiter also has that, you know, that Piscean vibe, you know, Jupiter. And as we said, Jupiter and Neptune are co-rulers of Pisces um, and they've been in a square like kind of on and off, like, you know, within a couple of degrees, yeah. like so kind of mostly this year, it's going to happen again. I just noticed, I thought, I thought that was over, but nope, it's happening again. Wow. <laughs> I don't think it's going to get exact. Well, in June, in June, it's going to be really tight because when Neptune stations retrograde, it will be at 18 um, and 43 minutes of um, Pisces and Jupiter will be at 18 
Sag. So, I mean, yeah, they they won't get to the exact minute, but they are to the degree all through June. So June's going to be an interesting time for some, you know, really get that Neptunian vibe, I bet. Yeah. And Christine, I don't know how you, but when I, when I, I don't know how you look at this and I would love to hear, but when I, uh, because there's so many similarities with Neptune and Jupiter, but one thing that I feel is very different. So when I'm looking at the square, like, I think, I think what's the challenge going to be, you know, mm-hmm. what, is, what, is, what is the challenge of, of something needs to come apart, apart and come back together. And for me, so much of that has to do with Jupiter being personal truth and Neptune being, you know, universal truth. There's, mm-hmm. there's something in that which for many of us could, you know, tap into, or even just our country or the world in general, you know, that um, Jupiter and Sag can be very much of a self-righteousness, you know? Oh, yeah. I know I, and I think that that Neptune and Pisces is, there's a bigger picture, people, you know? And, 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 and unless everyone fits in it, that's not Neptune land. And Neptune has the upper hand in that aspect, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, they're both, it's interesting because they're both in their own rulership. Yeah. And we've seen it earlier this year too. I mean, what I was, what I get from these two challenging one another, I mean, my first thought is, you know, if you don't believe in something, you can fall for anything. Number yeah. one. But also, as you said, Jupiter and Sag can be very self-righteous and can be um, the evangelical you know, the evangelical force that, <laughs> that again, if we can't be seen clearly, which, you know, when it runs up into the Neptune and Pisces, you know, it, it, so, you know, it can be both having, being illuminated by some great truth that helps us to see a new possibility that that's one potential, or it could be that challenge of, you know, somebody's truth versus what is actually real. You know, it could be the gaslighting even. It can be oh yeah, you know, not knowing the what the truth is. Um, and the lies, you know, the lies, the lies could come out. Mm-hmm. Or, or even, and personally, it could be the ways that we're living a lie. Do you know what I just mean? You know, it's mean collectively and individually, but I feel like this idea, you know, with, with Sag, oftentimes, just in general, we look at the energy of, are we living according to our own nature, right? Or have we been living on some level the life of a lie? I mean, Jeffrey Wolf Green talks about that a lot, about that type of energy. And so um, sometimes in that process, we're actually uncovering where we recognize, oh my gosh, that wasn't true for me. And then on a grander level, and it's not true, you know, maybe not, maybe we now discover it's not true at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we look at um, some of the shadow of Sag can also be xenophobia or foreigners, you know, seeing yeah. other people as different mm-hmm. or, you know, just exotic and strange and, you know, just different from me. Whereas Neptune and Pisces is there to remind us that, you know, we all share humanity. But, you know, if we make ourselves different from others, or fear others because of their difference, then we're not living in accordance with the ultimate truth of our humanity. And I think that's probably the key. That's probably the key to the entire transit. And it could also be, you know, that those people that decide they want to take on the course or the cause for, for others who don't have the power to speak for themselves, you know, mm-hmm. it could be taking on that crusade. Yeah. Um, that actually does have a purpose to it, a higher purpose to it. Yeah, I mean, I think, and whatever it is, the combination of those two, I mean, it's a search for meaning, 
what has meaning and what's, you know, what's worth fighting for, what's worth working towards, what's really worth it, you know, those energies, especially uh, Jupiter and, and Sagittarius, I mean, it demands meaning, you know, mm-hmm. there needs to be a deeper meaning, but what that meaning actually is, is probably what's, you know, up for debate in that, in that revealing through that aspect. Yeah. Well, I think that the more we've seen like shadow in societies and the world, then we also see light. You know, they say when, when shadow constellates, light constellates as well. Yeah. So it could be even these forces of light and dark. Yeah. yeah. Which would really, because we can't have one without the other, maybe, maybe, you know, we'll start to actually appreciate the wholeness more, which is that it's all there. You know, always there's idea of expansion there, but I feel like it's with vision. You know, it's like, it's almost like we just, we've been looking at things too narrowly. There's a wider angle to look at. And I think that's really what that reflects that in us. And I think most of us know it. I think a lot of us know we've been narrow-minded. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I know my tendencies and I like to think of myself as a really free thinker. Yeah, I mean, I can say that I have been illuminated on many fronts of my ignorance, like straight up mm. ignorance, <laughs> you know, um, not even willful, you know, not intentional, but just being ignorant of things. I know the first tendency, again, is we want to build walls and shut it out, but there's no shutting out Neptune, <laughs> you no. know, and um, and a square can always bring a potential for, you know, some kind of creative solution it's asking for a creative solution um you know that's that crisis in action where we we need to do something you know it's like it's we need to do something about our future about where we feel like humanity is heading um and you know what i think it's so important to have like you said to have a vision because this is the thing. He who has the vision, that vision is what can speak to people's minds and hearts. If yeah. we're just working against something, you know, if we're like, no, no, we don't want that, then you're not pulling out, you know, a vision forward. You know, you're not being magnetized towards something. No, and I think in some respects, where I, I will be the first to admit that I, I have these days, I've kept up less and less with what's going on in the world, but I feel like we have we haven't had those same sort of inspirational figures. I mean, as you were talking about the vision, I was thinking about John Lennon's Imagine, right? We all listen to that song and everyone knows, I mean, you can't miss that vision. And I feel like on some level, you know, we, we need a rekindling of that, maybe a different version. We're in a different age or different time, you know? Um, but that's the thing, right? Like, I absolutely agree with you. Vision inspires people and people need inspiration. They need to see, they need to see to believe, you know, and we haven't really collectively, I'm speaking to all of, all of us, we haven't given each other really a lot to really believe in lately. Mm-hmm. Well, this, you know, it could potentially be like now is the time mm-hmm. that we need to, that we realize how vital that is. It's not just dreaming or escapism, you know, it's having a vision that actually is meant to make a a change possible, you know, a change in the direction where we want things to go. Yeah. Yeah. And it really starts by like we talk about Neptune transits in our own chart or these ones, you know, going on for all of us. And the collective chart is it starts by, you know, giving room for our dreams, sharing our dreams. You know, when you share your dreams, 
no matter how silly you might think they are or unreasonable you think they are, you know, when someone shares their dreams with you, it's exciting. You know how it feels when, you know how it feels when someone comes to you and says, I am so excited about this thing I'd love to do. Even if you think that it couldn't come true, it doesn't matter. There's a level of that that just, to me at least, gets me excited about life. When someone is that excited about something and they put that passion into it, uh, with Neptune, you know, we don't have to worry too much about the details yet. That's going to yeah. come later. But you got to first get it in people's hearts so that they want to go for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is really maybe maybe this square is all about inspiration, inspiration and faith. Ho- hopefully, a renewal yeah. of faith in some way because you know there's beliefs and then there's faith. You know, faith yeah. is inexplic- inexplicable. Yeah. Something resonates, you know, with your soul or, you know, with your sense of destiny that you say yes to it. Yeah. And um, hopefully we'll have more of that if we, and, you know, I think it's just more and more of this metaphysical work coming out into the collective, I think is beautiful. I think it's speaking to the fact that people know that there is more to life. We each are magic, you know, we each carry the potential of magic. And that's what I love to see about these, all these women supporting each other and what they're doing and, you know, supporting each other's magic. And because it's actually, it's something that we need now when there's so much uncertainty. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, it, that, that inspires me. And then when we're all doing that, that's a whole new creation of magic, do you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and, and I think that we underestimate sometimes the power of what we can do when we each do our seemingly small part and share it and bring it together. I do. I think we underestimate it. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see how, you know, how we can grow more of that. Well, I'm excited for you, Tara. I wish I was going to Norwalk in Seattle to see your talk. Um, I'm not making it this year, but I know it's going to be awesome. I hear it's sold out. Um, Norwalk's been sold out for months now. So <laughs> Yeah. That sounds like a very Jupiter Neptunian thing. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I can't remember exactly. I think there's a very high percentage of first-time attenders too. Wow. Which is, you know, and so that's that's exciting for just for the world of astrology. You know that we're getting you know, a bunch of bunch of newbies. So good. But I will miss you. You're, you're of course one of my favorite people to uh, spend time with there. But I know you're you're busy doing your yeah. thing too. Well, we'll connect. We'll definitely connect. We need to cook something up. We need to um, cook something up really fun together. So Fantastic. I'm excited. Yay. Well, thank you, Tara. And people can find you online at your website. What's your website again? It's TaraAll.com. T-A-R-A-A-A-L.com. Okay, perfect. I'll have that in the show notes. And I wish you lots of luck and love. And can't wait to see you next time. Thank you so much, Christina. 